When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. On SENSA, you're listening to The Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. The Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. Well, good afternoon to you. This is The Sample Show. My name is Andrew Hayes. Great to have your company this afternoon. Just a quick one as well on that. Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians run only to benefit its members. Search, compare Host Plus today. We've got a very, very big show for you lined up as well. Jimmy Tumpus from the Eagles, absolute champion. He's going to join us very, very soon. Jade Rawlings, coach of the Nord Football Club. They are up and about. He's going to have a chat with us. And Bryce Gibbs, the McGarry medalist. He'll give us a little update on his shoulder injury ahead of uh, an important game for South Adelaide to stay in touch with the top five against Dogs this weekend. Uh, round 12 is done and dusted in the Sandful. Um, some of the results as well. South Adelaide went down to the Crows, 48-107. to 107. Joey Haynes had 40 touches for South Adelaide, but uh, I suppose the big story was Matt Crouch and his return to Sandful ranks. He had 42 touches, 13 kicks, 29 handballs, 10 clearances and a goal. Um, so no doubt the Panthers will be looking for a big response against the Dogs. Um, West Adelaide went down to the Eagles, which wasn't unexpected. 20 points uh, the Bloods got done by. Um, so we're going to speak to Jimmy and just get an update, first of all, on his body because he missed that game with a calf injury. Uh, but also, um, in terms of some stats there, Riley Knight continues to just have a dominant season. And I, I reckon right now, if you had to pick a McGarry medalist, and probably a best and fairest winner for the Eagles. It has to be Riley Knight. He had 35 touches again. Good to see John O'Beach as well get in the goal-kicking list and do some really big things. He had kicked five goals. Matt Goldsworthy as well kicked three goals, and so did Dan Menzel. Um, so the Eagles continue to stay and play some good footy and keep themselves inside the top five. Centrals went down to North Adelaide, which wasn't unexpected, 117-79. to Travis Schiller still found plenty of the football with 28 touches. And for North Adelaide, their midfield runs so deep and so many big ball winners, led this time by Harrison Wig with 37 touches. But Aaron Young had 32 touches and kicked five goals too. So that's a genuine day out. Port Adelaide uh, went down to the Bays, 37-76. to um, So for Port Adelaide, the big talking point, I suppose, was Aratio Fantasia. He got through 17 touches. You'd probably expect him to return to AFL ranks this week. Uh, for the Bays, Darcy Bailey, 33 touches, a big game. Uh, and uh, Lockie Hosey was really good with five goals. Nord took on Sturt, so Nord got the job done against Sturt. They won 76-50. to 50. Um, So Sturt in a bit of an interesting patch right now versus Nord, who are starting to really do some good things and charge at the right time of the year. So if we have a look, a, a look at the ladder as we speak, North Adelaide sitting on top, just percentage clear of Glenelg. So they're nine wins from 11, followed by Adelaide, who rounds out the top uh, top three and then we've got Woodville West Torrens coming in, and then Norwood rounds out the top five. So that's how the ladder looks after round 12. Coming up next, we're going to speak to uh, one of the great guys of the sample. That is Jimmy Tumpus from the Eagles. You are listening to the sample show. Stick around. On SENSA, welcome to the sample show. 
for Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians. The Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. Oh yes, welcome to the Sample Show. Great to have your company this evening. Just a quick reminder as well on that, Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians run only to the benefit of its members. Search, compare, Host Plus today. Time now to speak to, I think it's fair to say, one of the good guys of the competition from the Woodford West Torrens Eagles. It's Jimmy Tumpus. G'day, Jimmy. That's a fair assessment, isn't it? One of the good guys. I like that, Hazy. Thanks, so, mate. You're, you're, you're uh, one of the same, I reckon. <laughs> uh, good stuff, mate. Hey, um, thanks for chatting with us. Uh, first of all, mate, a solid win on the weekend. But before we get to that, um, you weren't part of it. Take us uh, through exactly where you're at with your footy. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't able to play in the game over the weekend, which would have been my 100th game, which, um, yeah, would have been a really special achievement. And to share that with Joey Siner, one of the club legends, um, yeah, would have been amazing. But unfortunately, I hurt my calf in the previous week against Centrals and couldn't quite get up. So um, probably missed this week and, and hope to play against Port next week. Um, but, yeah, like you said, it was a really solid win and much-needed win after the performance we put out against the Dogs the week before. So just on the calf injury, mate, I don't want to send through too many alarm bells, but um, as you know, it's an injury that sort of indicates that not sure how much time you got left. Are you still feeling good? Is it just a bit of a one-off? <laughs> yeah, I think it was a bit of a one-off. I had a bit of an uh, interrupted start to the year or even pre-season as well with a couple of surgeries. So I haven't really been able to get that continuity in my body, which I would have liked, and this was, I guess, just a combination of a few of those things. So I'm not too concerned, but hey, I have heard it's the old man's injury before. So I've, um, I'm a bit sick of that comment, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, sorry, mate. I'll, we'll go in a different direction. Just on Joey Sinor, <laughs> uh, you mentioned him just before for his 100th game. Um, he might be one of my favourite players. And when you really break it down, now he's a 100-game player. He's a couple of best and fairest, uh, a couple of premierships. He's really chalking up a, a really, really great career. And it seems like from the outside looking in that... It's a bloke who probably couldn't be more popular. Yeah, he would be by far and away the most, behind probably Justin Ciccolella and Luke Power, he's probably the most um, Eagles one-eyed person you've ever met in your life, and um, there's no doubt why. He's so well-loved, and he's getting that credit now outside the competition, making the state team, and and like you alluded to, a two-time club champion as well, so... He's, yeah, certainly one of my favourite teammates to play with, and um, it's a really good story. He played 60-odd reserves games before he finally cemented his spot in the league team, so it's a, a really good story to younger players who are coming through to hide your time, because, yeah, as you know, 18, 19-year-olds, we come in and want to play league footy straight away, or even AFL football, and, and Joey was really patient, and, um, and he's really, really reaping the rewards now. Uh, take us through the win on the weekend. Obviously did enough to beat the Bloods and uh, you guys are sitting comfortably in the top five and probably just chalk that one up as a, a win. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, Westies are really good. That They uh, put a really good contest in front of us. Um, I think it just goes to show our good is really good and our not so good is pretty average. Um, and Westie's credit, they kept us to our average footy and were lucky enough to play 30 minutes of really solid footy to put us in a winning position. But like you said, a win's a win and, and we'll walk away from that pretty happy. But it doesn't get any easier with Norwood, who are only a game behind us. And 
Um, like I said, we're a game clear of the five, but we lose this game and we're sort of back of the pack. So winning is really, really key, particularly after the start we put ourselves in. It was a really a positive position. So um, every win, particularly around the teams that are sort of in that mid-pack, are going to be really important. I suppose if it is a positive as well, you, you've had a bunch of big names missing as well and you're still able to put up this really good, solid brand of football. And I suppose there's a lot of improvement still to come as we head towards the pointy end. Yeah, it's a great point. We missed uh, a few key players. I think we had five changes over the weekend from our team against Centrals um, with Connor Balladin, Clay Cameron and the like, and, and myself missing out. So we've got some other key players stepping up and playing some really good roles. Um, Joey was really good. Riley Knight's in yeah, career best form I've never seen. A bloke dominate. Probably James Cheetahs is the one that's probably dominated the midfield like he has. The Knight is having an exceptional year. So we've got yeah some really good depth there, um, but it would be good to have some key players coming back into the side over the coming weeks. You mentioned Riley Knight, another huge game, 35 disposals. And uh, I'm not a betting man, Jimmy, but if I had a spare 20, should I put him on to win a little McGarry medal? I'm not sure I can endorse betting at the moment, Hazy, but... I'm putting you in a dangerous area there, but um, <laughs> I think... Uh, what about um, this, then? What about this one? If I could uh, if I could um, recommend someone to win your best and fairest at the moment, do you reckon it would be, do you reckon it would be Riley Knight? Yeah, I think um, Nida and Joe would be the two leading candidates at the moment. But Nida has, you look at his stats and week on week he's getting 30 plus. But it is easy to get, or not easy to get, but it can you know, look relatively easy when, when you're Nida notching up 30. But the impact he's having with those 30 possessions, and more often than not he's having someone run with him. So it's a credit to him and the attitude he's come back with post his AFL career to yep. come and really you know, take our midfield by the stranglehold and, and, and really play some positive footy for us. Footy club. Mate, what about yourself? How are you feeling about your footy? I mean, you've been around for a long time now, and obviously it's such a massive commitment, uh, Sam, for football. There's so much training, um, and let's be honest, there's probably opportunities to make more money elsewhere. Um, how are the motivation levels for you? Yeah, it's, it's a good question, and you, you sort of get this question post you a little bit at this age when you're coming towards your, your late 20s and you've been around Sam for footy for a little while, but I can honestly say I've never enjoyed my footy, and it sounds bizarre that I've only played four or five games this year, but I've never enjoyed my footy as much as this year. Um, We've got a really sound group. Uh, It does help coming off back-to-back premierships and having a really solid program that Sheeds have put in place, but it's really good fun. Um, We get enough time off with Sheeds' program as it is, so... His balance is exceptional, and he's you know a 200 game sample player, so understands the, the balance that we have to go through. But yeah, it is difficult, no doubt. And and I mean, the money you do get isn't fantastic. So if you're playing sample footy for the dollars, then you're probably in it for the wrong reasons. I think to play in the second best competition outside the AFL has you know its own novelty, um, and and I'm thoroughly enjoying. It. And I've said consistently that I'll keep playing sample footy as long as my body dictates. So um, yeah, hopefully I've got another 100 games in me, Hazy. Well, at least 100, maybe 150, I reckon, Jimmy. You just get that calf right and you'll be absolutely flying. Um, another couple of blokes I want to make uh, mention of as well. Matt Goldsworthy, good to see him doing some good things on the weekend. And good to see as well that Goldie's still got some really good footy ahead of him. It seems like he's been around for so long. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was lucky enough to play with Goldie my first year when I was 17 and he was 19 and he's still kicking along as a 31-year-old now. So... He's, and he's playing really good footy. He's had to adapt his role a fair bit, um, and he's almost uh, our, our 
hole plugger at the moment where we have gaps. He'll go there and fill the role, and he played forward on the weekend, and, and his ball use is probably the best in the competition, and his footy IQ is no doubt one of the best in the competition as well. So his body is slowing down, but I think his mind is really sharp, which, which keeps him really, really uh, durable and keeps him very effective for us. I love your giant gap in between premierships. Obviously, he went off to the Demons and, <laughs> and uh, played some footy with the power as well. But 2011 to your recent premiership success, what, what were the big differences? And when you look back uh, at 2011, what, what was it like and what are your fondest memories? Uh, I often look back a lot and, and people do say, you know, you do that after your career. But I reflect on my uh, sample career a lot, and particularly when I was delisted from Port Adelaide. It, it was trying to recapture that love for football and, and to do that, I sort of look back to my early days at Woodville when I was really enjoying footy and, and playing with my home club who I absolutely love. Um, I guess the memories I have were oh, particularly of Craig Parry, more so off-field than on-field. Um, he was great value, uh, as, as I'm sure you're aware, Hazy, but he um, he was a ripper and playing with the likes of, like I mentioned before, Sicker and, and Luke Power, Mark McKenzie, Lee Treby, these types really taught me what sample footy was all about and I was probably a little bit naive back then in terms of thinking that it just continually happened and at that point in time in my football career I was hoping to go into bigger and better things in the AFL system but um, as it turns out I'm back to to sample and which which I'm absolutely loving and I think I appreciate um, the 2020 and 2021 flags and a little bit more than that 2011 one just because I understand what sample footy is all about. Uh, mate, can you take us as well what you're up to uh, away from footy? Uh, working still with the is the AFLPA? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Working with the AFLPA as the regional manager here, based in Adelaide, which I absolutely love. It's it's awesome. Me back into football, not in the performance side of things. So working with um, the current batch of players, both male and female, at Crows and Port. And, and transitioning past players as well, which has been obviously quite topical over the last few months, and supporting them as they come into the real life world, which obviously has its difficulties, but it's something that I really, really find important and try and connect with our alumni members and, and helping them trying to find who they are as a person more so than as a footballer. So it's a really important role um, and, and something I do take really seriously. So from when you started this role, I mean, what's been the, the biggest feedback and how much hasn't improved because uh, we, we do hear stories of players who find it tough to readjust to what we'd call normal life, but clearly your job is to make that a, a really seamless transition. Yeah, absolutely. I think the way we try and look at transition in itself is more a process than a, an event, and that's where I think transition in terms of delisting or retiring a player, a lot of people, particularly in the industry, look at that sole um, transition as an event or a point in time where, you know, they'll go meet with the coach and they'll say either, you know, you're retired or you're delisted and that's it and then we deal with it from there. Whereas at the PA, we try and look at it as a process where they get drafted and then we start putting things in place, whether it's two years down the track or 12 years down the track, we can put things in place during their career, their, their career to hopefully allow them to transition out of football successfully. So uh, that's something that I try and implement with, with the players that I'm currently working with and making sure they're engaging in off-field development, whether it be you know tertiary education or work placement or whatever it happens to be, just try and find an interest in it that they have and, and help them really engage in that. And, and it's funny how that turns out in better performance on the field as well. Oh, mate, it sounds like an unbelievably interesting job. Um, now, in terms of the game, you touched on it before against the Red Legs on Sunday. Uh, the Red Legs, it looks like that they're really starting to build and go in the right direction. 
Yeah, Jade Rawlings has them, has them humming at the moment, which is good, and they had a, they had a great win on the weekend. Um, yeah, they're a really difficult team to play against. Um, they're good in the contest and they're good in defence, which is probably the criteria to win flags. So I've known Jade for a little while, and, and no doubt um, he's you know they're starting to really adjust to his game plan after 18 months under it. So yeah, we'll go to work this week and, and put a plan in place to try and get the chocolates over them, but we know it's going to be difficult. Uh, but we're back on a home deck, which which we love. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting game, uh, and no doubt it'll be it'll be good to watch. But obviously you're busy at the moment, and still, like you said, at least 100 games are left in the tank, and then uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens in the future with this job at the AFLPA, but uh, it sounds like it's a fantastic job. But just in terms of the coaching space and things like that, can you see yourself still being involved in footy post-playing? I'd love to be. I mean, I guess the job I'm in at the moment, and I alluded to it before, I really wanted to get into football from a oh, a non-performance sense. Um, but I'm not limiting whatever happens in the future from a coaching point of view. I love working with younger players. But at the moment, if you had to say yes or no, I'd probably say no. I'm probably more inclined to continue the pathway I'm doing. And um, I'm actually doing some, some Eagles Radio SEN on Tuesday nights, Hazy. I'm yep. sure you're an avid listener to that, mate. So thoroughly enjoying uh, my, my radio gig there. Um, uh, but, yeah, at the moment, really focusing on the gig that I have with the PA and, and my on-field performance with the Eagles. No, mate, you're doing a sensational job on Eagles Radio, and we're just happy to have you as part of the SEN growing stable. So it's a very, very good listen. Uh, mate, very good stuff. Great to catch up with you today, and uh, hopefully we'll catch up again really soon. And best of luck on Sunday. Thanks, Casey. Take care, mate. Jimmy Tumpers joining us uh, this afternoon on the Sample Show. So big game coming up against the Red Legs. And uh, two teams that no doubt will back themselves in to play in the finals. And right now the Eagles sitting pretty comfortably inside the top five. Uh, Norwood doing some good things as well. But there's a lot of pressure coming from the outside, in particular from South Adelaide. So uh, make sure you tune in SENSA across the weekend for all your latest sample games. And stick around. This is the Sample Show. Plenty more coming up. And, of course, we are doing it thanks to Host Plus. The Sample League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Well, nothing beats it. On SENSA, welcome to The Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians, the Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. Yes, welcome to The Sandful Show. Don't forget, the Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up and keeping the kids entertained at the Host Plus Sandful League this weekend, nothing beats it. Get involved. There's a big game happening on Sunday as well, of course, Red Legs. Uh, taking on the Woodville West Torrens Eagles. A big game uh, for a Red Legs outfit that's really, really charging and starting to do some very good things as we get closer towards finals football. The man in charge is Jade Rawlings. Twiggy, good afternoon to you, mate. Good afternoon, Hazy. Mate, uh, congratulations on the race sort of last month, I would say, of the Red Legs. You guys are definitely tracking in a good direction off the back of a good win on the weekend. Yeah, we had a good little period. We uh, were two and four at the, the state game by and... Yeah, we, we felt like we were playing okay, but weren't getting results and we were able to adjust a, a couple of things in our game and a couple of little bits of personnel have changed over that month as well. And yeah, we started to get a bit of momentum. And you know, the first time we played Sturt this year, we, we didn't get anywhere near our best and they were too good for us in all phases. So it was a pretty important game for us on the weekend. And fortunately, we were able to get the game on our terms for large periods and able to get the result. So right now, as well, Twiggy, I mean, you guys are sitting inside the top five, and but no doubt you'd like to just sort of climb up there and 
you'd feel like your best footy is probably good enough to do some really good things. I've spoken to you before about uh, calling it a rebuilding phase, and you don't want to call it that, but you did lose so much experienced personnel. I think what you'd be really happy is that some of the young guys or the new guys that are coming through and really playing that Red Legs brand of football that you'd be happy with. No, spot on, Hazy. It's interesting, the terminology. I couldn't care less what it's really called. It's about your team trying to evolve and trying to bring people into a way of playing and also a a team system that is going to be able to gel and come together. And we think we're getting closer to that. And, yeah, we've got some players who are inexperienced, but we've still got quite a number of guys who've been in the system for a few years. So I think they can go hand in glove with the development phase, but also being able to get performances on the weekend and and compete and hopefully beat good teams. So, yeah, it's been a work in progress the first half of the year. And, yeah, I think this is where you really start to find out who's going to be good enough uh, at the end of the year to be able to match it with teams that are currently sitting high up the ladder. And uh, we're no different. I'm not a massive ladder follower, which I think I've also mentioned you before, Hazy, that it's more about the narrow focus of where you're at at a given time and knowing what you're able to do quite well and keep trying to maximise that, but certainly being clear with the areas that are stressful for you or have put you under pressure. Um, I think with some of your players as well, we, we know what Matty Nunn's going to put up each and every week. He's just an absolute great player of the competition. I feel like Nick Brokaw's going under the radar in terms of some of the credit that he probably deserves around the league. He's a hell of a player and he's doing some really good things. He's been a really consistent player for a couple of years now. I didn't know much about Rokes when I first arrived. I think he predominantly played back in the year prior to me arriving at Norwood. But since we've put him as permanent midfielder, he's really learned about what way we want him to play it. And we think that that maximises his strengths. But yeah, very durable. Uh, really increased his leadership capacity as well. He's a guy that the players really respond to personally, but also now professionally that he he knows what it should look like at both at training and on game day. And he's really emerged as a very important player to Norwood and yeah, quite an influential player within the competition. One player that we are talking about a lot, which is probably fair enough. We used to talk about a whole heap, but then he got injured for the best part of a couple of years is Matt Panos. It's great to see him doing some really good things, but now that it seems like, and hopefully the body is in order, what's the ceiling? How much more footy do you reckon he's got into him? Because hopefully he sticks around for a few more seasons yet. Yeah, I'm really big on individuals being able to look, keep looking to improve, no matter what their age is or how much footy they've played. And I think Panos has already come in. It was new for him playing under myself and our coaching group, also playing with a few of his new teammates. So there's a point to prove in a way with himself. And, yeah, after that first game against Adelaide, he pulled up a little bit sore. It was, yeah, it was too much of a risk to play against North Adelaide, which gave him an extra week to be ready for first game after the bye. So he's really, and that was against Port Adelaide, then he's been on a backup six days later to play against Sturt. So he's very influential. Players lift when he's in the team. And uh, yeah, it's unique to have a player that's got so much presence within a group. And he's got a great busy uh, with the on-field and also recovers his body. So... Yeah, I don't have any cap on what I think he can do, but I know that he's quite driven and hungry to call it make-up for lost time with how much time he spent out of the game because of his severe injury. Who else, maybe, whether we haven't spoken about that's uh, really doing some good things behind the scenes? Who who are some of the players, Twig, that's uh, catching the coach's eye? I'm pretty passionate about backline play, Hazy. So we've been chipping away at throughout this year, trying to work out the best seven that come together for us. And uh, that's been a work in progress at times through health and also through... Our form, we've just been trying to get the mix, but at the moment with a, we've got uh, Donnelly, Heard, Ball and Seymour, Hamilton, Wilkins and Morris are a seven that have just started to get a few games under their belt. And I think 
the improvement in Morris and Seymour being able to come from the Eagles and uh, adapt to what we expect from him and Donnelly coming over from Tassie and understanding how to fit in with this group and I've been really pleased with how that group's coming together and probably the, the three boys who are from Victoria with Cotter starting to play really well over the last five or six weeks uh, inside mid and Loudon's come over from Casey Demons and took a while just to get his fitness to the levels that required at this level of footy and starting to emerge and Stockdale's been just a really solid player for us. He's a high-level competitor. So the few guys that we're, we think we're unearthing, Lowe's been going pretty well up forward. Um, yeah, from Tassie, only 18-year-old who's uh, had exposure to senior footy in Tassie before he came over here. So um, And Harry Boyd's been a major improver. So, yeah, any coach will be pretty proud of his players when you see improvement and see the group come together. But, yeah, we think we've got a few that have, or most of our players, we think their best footy is still ahead of them. Mate, absolutely looking forward to this game on Sunday. It could be the match of the round for me. How have you assessed the Eagles' form? Obviously, they're coming back off the back of a couple of premierships and lost a heap of personnel, but they just steep, uh, they keep on for the whole part being pretty consistent. We've got a lot of high-level consistent competitors, Hazy, which is why they've been able to keep dealing with the pressure of people wanting to probably hunt them and given that they've had the success over the last couple of years and yeah, they've had a fair bit of stress after the Centrals game. They probably didn't play to their full capacity and lost a few players to injury. So that was able to provide opportunities to other players and I think they were under the pump there for a while on the weekend against Westies but they emerged with a good solid win so they're a team we've got the utmost respect for because we, we haven't been able to defeat them since my time at Norwood so uh, yeah it'd be a really challenging game when you go to the Eagles and the way that they, they go about the footy and the way they coach that lends itself to a really good game you're a man who spent so much time in the AFL system and I mean if you want to you probably will end back up in the AFL system but uh, we're happy to have you in the sample for the time being um, a send-off rule or a card system is that something do you think could work at a level as high as the sample I know it happens in the amateurs and there's talk about um, something potentially I mean it won't happen but talk of something like that happening in the AFL off the back of Tom Stewart's hit could you see that working at state league level and even AFL level I uh, I think it's too subjective, Hazy. I just think that there's a tribunal system and a match review panel in a position for a reason, and that's to critically assess incidents that happen uh, with the calm, calmness and the cool light of day rather than under pressure and the emotions of a game day. And I think any rule that gets imposed is, has to be worked back from what's going to stack up in a grand final. And I think if a subjective decision was to remove a player on a grand final day, then which proved in time to be wrong, then people would be uncomfortable about it. So when incidents like these occur, it's always going to bring up topics like this. And, um, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm more in the no camp. I just don't think it's what our game you know, demands or requires as much as we, I think we're going to stamp out un, uncouth incidents over the years. So I, I think that it's one that I understand why it's been raised, but I personally wouldn't put my name to it. Just in terms of some of the other rules as well, which we have touched on you with you before, but the, the last touch or effectively the last disposal rule, when you joined the sample system, did it take you any time to adjust to it? And what do you think of it? Yeah, it did. It was odd. Because, only because you'd never come across it before. So you, your mind's eyes go straight away. How to look at set up at a stoppage next to the opposition's kicking the ball back in from the wing. But as soon as you get used to it, it's just part of what you get used to. And with just the way the game's played, I, I don't mind it. I'm, I've been a fan, actually. I, I think it should be reduced to probably more between the arcs, Avi, more than forward 50 and D50. But... Um, there'll be some pushback if it gets <laughs> spoken about anymore at AFL level. People don't like change at all. So 
I, I think it's a good part of our competition. And, uh, yeah, once you adjust, it's, you don't even think twice about it. And mate, just on Sunday as well, looking forward to the midfield battle. And obviously you would back in your own midfield because you have a very, very good midfield brigade. But someone like a Riley Knight, who's just been absolutely on fire, does he get some extra attention, do you think? I think you'd be negligent if you went into a game against the Eagles and didn't discuss what Knight can do and his potential influence on a game. But then you also need to look at Sinor, what he can do. And you look at uh, Jesse Lonergan, who's had good impact against us. And you look at Dylan Clark. And uh, this is a number of options they can really throw at you. That's why they've been so strong. And uh, well, Sinor can be playing half-back. And as soon as the challenge in the game, they feel as though they're probably losing some ascendancy on ball. He just goes on ball and plays the same way. So... I think there's a couple of players through there that we didn't need to be aware of and but while still trying to put your best foot forward with what you've got at your own disposal. So it'll always, in most games, come down to the uh, ascendancy in the middle of the ground. Mate, pleasure chatting with you this afternoon and congratulations on your recent form. Whenever the red legs are up and about, Sample is in a very, very healthy spot. Good luck on Sunday against the Eagles. Good on you, Hazy. Thanks for the chat, mate. Jade Rawlings joining us this afternoon on the Sample Show. That match is going to be an absolute cracker. The Eagles taking on Nord. Nord really, really playing some nice football. And the Eagles just, it doesn't matter who's out. They seem to find a way to be very, very competitive at the absolute best of times. This is the Sample Show. Keeping the kids entertained at the Host Plus Sample League this weekend. We'll get around it because nothing beats it. Coming up next, we're going to speak to the McGarry medalist, Bryce Gibbs of the South Adelaide Football Club. On SENSA, welcome to The Sandful Show. For Host Plus, an industry super fun for all Australians, the Host Plus Sandful League is just warming up. Feeling those game day vibes? Nothing beats it. Yes, absolutely. Just on that as well, an industry super fun for all Australians. Run only to benefit its members. Search Compare Host Plus today. Great show. We got to speak to uh, Jimmy Tumpus and also Jade Rawlings from the Nord Football Club. But... um. Gee, perhaps have we saved the best for last? Bryce Gibbs, good afternoon to you. Do you think that's fair? Oh, we'll, we'll run with it, Hazy. You, you're too good to me there. But, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. No, good to chat with you this afternoon, mate. Uh, first of all, let's talk about the game on the weekend. You're not playing, of course, coming back from a shoulder injury, which we will speak about. But up against a Crows outfit that was just, in the end, too big and too good. Yeah, they certainly were. And it was uh, it was certainly a hard watch from a, a Panthers point of view. We... Um, We've probably let ourselves down in all facets of the game, reviewing it last night, actually. And usually uh, with our group, uh, you can bank on we bring our effort and intensity to to every game day. Uh, and it's just been our sort of skills and execution from time to time that have let us down. But um, on the weekend, we, after pretty much quarter time, our effort and intensity dropped away, along with some skill execution and decision making. And uh, when you do that against a quality side like the Crows, who are who are having a really good year, you're going to get punished. And they certainly did that to us uh, on the weekend. How hard do you go in a review like that, given? that uh, you guys are still in touch with the top five and also you've been so smashed with injury. Yeah, we have. We've had um, a few things haven't gone our way this year. And I mean, that's like any side. Any any side has injuries and, and now we've got COVID to deal with, which throws a, a different spanner in the works. But yeah, it has been frustrating to not consistently have the same team out on the park every week. But um, you know, we're certainly not looking for excuses and, and trying to work through it. But um I think with a game like the weekend, if it was, you know, you still got to address some of the the points, some of the effort, uh, some of the efforts over the weekend just probably you know, weren't acceptable and and not how we want to play. So um, we understand it's 
you know, no one goes out to try and do the wrong thing. But yeah, we certainly were, were pretty pointy this week in our review and took some learnings from it. And uh, I have the full confidence that we'll uh, see a response this week against your old mob, the Doggies, out at the Ponderosa, which uh, can be a bit of a danger game. They, they knocked off um, the Eagles a couple of weeks ago, so yeah. we certainly need to respond. So, uh, I mean, you'd know it better than anyone because you've done it to many opposition clubs, but when someone like Matt Crouch is getting his hands on the ball that much, 42 disposals, bunch of clearances, a goal, etc., uh, what, what can you do? How can you try and stop an influence like that? Yeah, we... We knew that um, he's going to get the ball. Like you can tag him and you can sit three players probably on him and, and he's still going to find a way to get the ball. That's just what he's very good at. So we had a bit of a plan just to sit on him at stoppage and just try to curb his uh, clearance influence and, and then sort of play footy off him from there. But um, he obviously has got a really good connection with Kieran Strawn, who, who's a great ruckman in the sample this year and and they just waxed really well. So, um, yeah, he, he sort of got off the chain a little bit. Uh, and once they started getting on top and, and our effort and intensity dropped away, um, not only Matt, but a, a, lot of, a lot of their players started to have influence on the game. And, um, yeah, it was disappointing for Mary and that we couldn't sort of curb that momentum and um, slow some of their guys down. But, yeah, he was uh, certainly probably best on, on the weekend. Gives an injury update on yourself. You've been out now with this shoulder injury for a few weeks. Um, is it on track and when should we see you uh, return? Yeah, it's, uh, it, was a, it was a big injury, Hazy. It was probably a 12-weeker and I've, uh, I've just ticked off five weeks as of yesterday. So um, I haven't done a whole lot up until this point. I've been in a sling for four weeks and that's just come off so I can start to get on the bike and start getting the lungs back. I, I uh, did a pretty solid session uh, last night and nearly had a heart attack. I've, <laughs> lost, uh, I've lost a bit of fitness over the last four weeks, but uh, hopefully that comes back uh, quicker than uh, quicker than not. But um, yeah, I can start doing some strengthening work now and it's just still be building up week to week. And obviously uh, with how tight the competition is, um, we need to keep winning to to play finals. I think we're a game out of the, the five and um, if we can keep doing that, That'll give me the best chance to get back. I'm sort of aiming to pencil in potentially the, the last game or the second to last game leading into finals if we can make it. So uh, that's where I'm at at the moment. So who misses the buys and tries circuit more when they're injured? Bryce Gibbs or Matt Rose? <laughs> uh, you can't knock off the, the buys and tries king in Matty Rose, the skipper. He uh, he loves, loves getting in the gym and, and doing his beach weight. So... I might um, just have to tuck him behind him and learn a few things off the great man uh, over the next couple of weeks. <laughs> just, uh, I suppose, a positive as well to come from the result against the Crows. Joey Haynes, uh, once again, found the ball so much and he's had a really, really good season. Very stiff not to be selected in the state team this year, but um, I feel like he's probably gone under the radar a little bit and probably gets needs a bit more credit than he's got this year for some of the performances he's put in. Yeah, he was. He wasn't the only stiff one to uh, not make the state side this year, mate. Is but, there, um, was there a couple of older blokes? <laughs> were there a couple of older blokes? There's a couple of other older veteran Panthers that I couldn't get a look in, but that's all right. <laughs> uh, no, he's having another fantastic year, mate, and he's probably strung three or four really consistent years together. And um, he, he took a while to develop in his footy career. He, he did his time in the twos and. Um, I think uh, it wasn't until a new coach come in into South that, that gave him an opportunity. I think it was uh, Gotchi and um, he really he hasn't looked back since. Um, he obviously is a tremendous 
uh, one-on-one player and, and wins a lot of well, all those crucial contests. But when he gets the ball, he runs and carries. And with his uh, with his big kicking, his metres gained, um, you know, is, is high every week. So he's certainly an important player to us. And he's having another fantastic year and he's, he'd be probably leading our BNF uh, up until this point, I'd say. And how important, you mentioned just before that uh, the Dogs had a bit of an upset win over the Eagles a couple of weeks ago um, at Woodville as well, which was even more surprising. But um, I mean, how important for you guys to head to Elizabeth and genuinely not take a team like this for granted and make sure you put in 100% because it, I mean, you'd go in there as a red-hot favourites, but it's still a danger game. Oh, certainly. And it certainly wasn't a surprise that they knocked off the Eagles uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, we know the competition's pretty even across the board uh, and anyone can win on any given day. But um, Tomo, their coach, we know how he's coaching them. They, they're really, really a good one-on-one side and they scrap and they fight and they're really contested. And you need to bring that contest uh, when you play them because that's what they're going to dish up. So um, we played against them earlier in the year and uh, you know, it was a pretty close game for about three quarters. So um, obviously out on their home deck this week, a lot of space. They play it really well and, and they run. They've got a lot of young guys who who can run. So, um, yeah, we certainly, certainly can't take them lightly this week. And uh, obviously we want to win, but uh, I'm really looking forward to the response we get from our group after the disappointing loss on the weekend. It is a long-term injury that you've got. Has your role changed as a player? Are you sort of... Uh, does the coach's whistle come out a little bit more? Are you in the coach's box or are you just purely focusing on your rehab? Oh, this, it seems to be hard to get in the coach's box up there. They, they jam them in there these days. So uh, I just sit on the bench, mate. Um, and as the players come off, I just have a chat to them, seeing what they're, they're seeing out there, how they're feeling. Um, and then I can relay that to, to the coaches, to Jared and, and, the, and the mids coach, uh, Dean Brogan as well. So um, I'm just sort of on the bench, just sort of helping out where I can there. And if I'm seeing anything from ground level, uh, I can shoot that up to the coaches as well. So that's the sort of role I've been playing uh, since being on the sidelines. And obviously that shoulder injury was a dampener. But before that, how how was the body feeling? How are the legs? And uh, do you feel like you, you've still got um, as good a physical powers as you ha- ever have? Yeah, I was, I was feeling pretty good, um, albeit... Having uh, a bit more closer attention this year, which um, which I enjoy. I mean, that's obviously a challenge in itself. Uh, the opposition sitting someone on you, they, they obviously respect respect my game. So uh, I've been seeing that as a challenge each week, and it and it makes uh, makes some of our other guys like Mitch O'Neill uh, get a bit free, and, and he's uh, he had a really good start to the year as well. So um, I'm obviously keen to try and get back this year. That's my my first priority uh, and hopefully um, we can go on a bit of a run leading into finals and we can do some damage so I'll uh, I'll try my best to get back this year hazy and then we'll sit down with the club at, at the end of the year and, and work out what they want to do and um, we'll cross that bridge when it comes. Just at some of the younger blokes or maybe some of the guys who have gone under the radar just to uh, highlight some positives who are some players we should be talking about but probably haven't been uh, spoken about enough? Uh, probably one that comes to mind straight away is Ollie Davies. So he was a Crows top-up player last year. Uh, he's only 19 or 20, and um, he's a, a big-bodied mid. And a guy, when he when he come over in the preseason, uh, we'd match up against each other in a lot of the drills. And um, for a 19-year-old, I, I found him extremely hard to play on. Um, he's big body, hard to move, and um, he he's come his development uh, over the last probably six months has come come in leaps and bounds and he's had a couple of best ons for us playing through the midfield 
um, this year. And he's, yeah, as I said, his development's been great. So I think he's going to be a, a great long-term player for the club. Mate, back now for the best part of a couple of years, uh, properly in the sample system, how do you rate the level of competition? Yeah, it's, it's probably, well, from my point of view, it's the best comp outside the AFL. Um, it's, uh, in terms of the whole competition, they've obviously, there's good players, uh, good veteran players, there's good middle-tier players, and there's some great kids coming through, and um, we're really seeing guys from interstate who have maybe been tipped out of the AFL system or uh, guys that have missed the opportunity to get drafted that they're coming over to the Sandfall because they recognise how strong the competition is and they can see it as a pathway to get back into the AFL or or to make the AFL if they haven't already. So I think that just um, speaks volume of the competition and and, uh, that it's in a really good place. And, um, yeah, I, I certainly have enjoyed coming back to... The local level, and you know, you get the, especially at South, you get the cars parked around the ground, the yeah. kick a goal, and the, the vibe with the, the car horns going off, and then going back to the club rooms after the game with presentations. You get the opposition coming in, having a beer, and um, it's just got a really good feel and vibe to it. So I've certainly enjoyed those aspects uh, coming back. Did that surprise you, uh, particularly at South Adelaide? I mean, I'm assuming people straight away were. When you did say that you were going to go to the Sample, everyone straight away goes, well, he's going to go to Glenelg. But surprised a few going over to the Panthers. What did you expect when you signed on the dotted line? Yeah, well, I probably surprised myself as well. I, I sort of didn't think I'd end up at South either. But, um, yeah, I've, I've spoken in multiple interviews. Uh, it was an opportunity to, to um, dip my toe into the coaching and player development um, water, and, and that's what I wanted to pursue uh, to see if that's the path I wanted to take uh, in the future. So, yeah, South uh, with a team to, or who could give me that opportunity. So that's um, that's the reason why I ended up uh, up at Norlunga. So, um, yeah, and it's I, I've really enjoyed it. It's been a really enjoyable, probably, I think I've been there for about 18 months now, and I uh, certainly learned a lot working under Mark Clayton, who's the, the talent manager and under-18s coach, and then... Um, working with a lot of our, our juniors in who are coming through our, our senior ranks as well. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. But obviously you've got a, a big uh, eye on what Carlton is doing in the AFL as well. Are you, are you like a lot of the Blues supporters? Have you already penciled into the date in your diary just to uh, work your way to buy some tickets for the AFL grand final? I've had my uh, grand final book, uh, tickets booked for about two months, Hazy. Um, <laughs> as soon as they won round one against the Tigs, that hadn't happened for about... I don't know, eight years or so. I, I knew they were uh, building something special this year. So um, yeah, they're, they're playing really good, and it's uh, and it's great to see because uh, I was there for a lot of years, and uh, a lot of members and supporters have been starved of that success for a while now. I think to the uh, nineteen ninety five, I reckon was their last flag. So it's certainly been a long time between drinks, and uh, yeah, we can sort of see what they're delivering up this year in the way they're going about it week in, week out. Vossi's got them going really well. And uh, I think it was a, a statement win on the weekend, beating Frio um, under man back line. And they uh, they did it easy in the end. So, um, yeah, they're, they're going really well. Hopefully they can keep it up and, and uh, stay healthy, get some of their defenders back in the next couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, they're, uh, they'll be charging into September, no doubt. Gibbsy, love the stuff that you're doing, uh, particularly on SENSA as well. You're doing some very good things as part of uh, uh, the radio uh, program here. But, uh, mate, best of luck for South Adelaide and hopefully you guys can jump back on track and give the dogs a touch-up on the weekend. 
Thanks, Hazy. Always good to chat. The Gary medalist Bryce Gibbs joining us this morning. That game as well is at Elizabeth. That's happening on Saturday. Um, so 2-10, the Bulldogs taking on South Adelaide. Before that, uh, at Glenelg, the Bays are hosting the Crows. That's going to be a very, very solid matchup. Uh, and then, of course, some of the other matchups for this weekend. Round 13, the Roosters taking on Port Adelaide at Prospect Oval. Uh, and then Sturt taking on the Bloods. That's going to be happening in Unley. And then pros- probably the game of the round for me will be Woodville West Torrens taking on Norwood. That's happening on Sunday at Woodville Oval. Tough to split that. Red legs are playing really, really well, but the Eagles are just really hard to beat anywhere, but particularly at Woodville. Um, so that's round 13. Thanks for your company this afternoon as well. It's been a very big show. If you get the opportunity, make sure you download the podcast. Jimmy Tumpus joined us from the Eagles. Jade Rawlings, of course, the coach of Nord, and Bryce Gibbs, the McGarry medalist, uh, joined us just a couple of minutes ago. Um, we'll catch you this time next week. If you get an opportunity, make sure you go out there and have a look at some local footy. This has been The Sample Show. Enjoy the rest of your week. Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it, like um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.